Steve Jobs gets his MCSE will not be seen tonight. In its place, we bring you an equally ironic presentation. Tweaking Geek number 11. Recorded August 19th, 2008. Coming to you live from the, the canyons, canyons of, of your mind. mind. And you're, you're going to be cool and go back and put like this echoey effect on it? Actually, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go back and edit it, and it's just going to say, from the canyons of your mom. Oh. <laughs> oh, maybe. <laughs> I, I won't say that. I'll, I'll, I'll say, uh, coming to you from the canyons of your mind and I'll make it awesome and everyone will think that you're good and that I'm a fool. That works. That will never happen. But anyway, so I am, this is, welcome to Tweaking Geek. I'm one of your hosts, Craig. And I'm 1.04 of your hosts, Pat. And together, we're (laughs) the three amigos. Wow. The two amigos. Yeah. 2.04 amigos. The 2.04 Amigos, so I, I hope that you get that extra 0.04 of yourself lanced or something so that uh, you'll just be one again. I'm working on it. Okay, yeah. good. Good. Um, so, well, hey, Pat, this is definitely uh, a, a landmark occasion for us. We're into the, the, the double digits and still going strong. We are, and... We even have readers commenting, so we're done nagging everyone to comment until you stop again, and then we'll nag again. It'll be a vicious cycle like that until we die. I've I've been working on some of our listeners to uh, leave us a voicemail, but of course, all of our listeners are selfish, horrible people, and they won't listen to our they won't leave voicemails. So, still, we're doing all right. We're doing all right. <laughs> so, what's new? Frequency. I knew you were going to say <laughs> For anybody who does not know what that means, then, uh, well, then you're hopeless. Stop listening to this show. Yeah, you won't find us funny. You're too dumb to listen to the show. I'm All right, sure so- Perez Hilton has something for you. <laughs> all right. Well, I need to tell you, first of all, the most important news of the day. This is super exciting. Okay. Do you remember that there was some some guys and I think it was like North Carolina or Virginia or something that found what they claimed to be Bigfoot and they uh, froze it in ice and it helped. was in a box, right? Yeah. In a box. And it was like, they were like holding a press conference and they showed pictures of it on CNN where they were doing like basically serious journalism on it. Right. Today it was, has been revealed to be a hoax hoax. Uh, guess what it was. Our friend Dave from Virginia? It was not our friend Dave from Virginia. And it was not, as everyone kind of speculated, a uh, the corpse of a gorilla or of some other large primate. No, it was a rubber gorilla suit frozen in <laughs> ice. <laughs> That's awesome. I know. Hey, did you know that uh, I claim to have found the remains of you? It, it, but it's actually just a rubber boy suit in a frozen block of ice. Uh, <laughs> I thought, uh, yes, I thought, I, d- I just don't even know how to react to that. I figured. 
So no, the, I I just thought that although that, that's great, getting actual airplay on CNN like that. And the fact of the matter, it was a rubber suit. <laughs> CNN gets punked a lot though, right? Like their call-in shows are constantly getting getting punked by you know abusive, profane callers and things like that. Yeah, and apparently I guess it's the hazard of being like live news, right? Yes. And it's the hazard of being dumb enough to give front page news coverage to a rubber gorilla suit frozen in ice in a box. Well, I'm, I'm going to go cry myself to sleep because I was really hoping Sasquatch had been found. Yes. I, I To be honest, there's some movie coming out that, about this sort of thing. And uh, there was like all, around the same time that they announced the uh, the that they found Sasquatch. There was like someone who announced that they like had footage of the Chupacabra. <laughs> and so. It, yeah, so aliens just, are coming to get us soon. I did just get a news flash. The odds are very high that we no longer have a friend named Dave in Virginia after insinuating that he might be Bigfoot. Yes. Does Dave in Virginia actually listen to our show? That's a good question. I doubt it, but he'll hear about this anyway. He will. Good. And then maybe he'll start listening to the show, and then we'll have two listeners. Uh, we'll, we'll be up to like five. By the oh, time. my God. Oh, sorry. I just had a little bit of a stroke because of that. <laughs> So, all right, I have some other news. If it involves Bigfoot, we're done. All right, I have some other other news. Okay. This is very important. So remember, pretty much starting at about Tweaking Geek number three, I've been talking about, oh, I just came into a little bit of money. I'm going to buy, you know, insert thing here. And I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm going to buy, uh, you know, a Lamborghini. And it's like, what did you actually buy? It's like, I bought like a bag of rice and some buttons or, you know, or... You know, I I bought, you know, a carpet fragments and Listerine. No, buttons sound pretty exciting. <laughs> yeah, well, kind of Civil War antique buttons. No, okay, you lost me. <laughs> so, what did you buy? Like a new pair of socks? No, I did not actually. Well, I mean, I have bought socks, just not recently. No, all right. Dun, dun, dun. I bought a Nintendo Wii. You did. Yes, I bought a Nintendo Wii, and with it, I bought Guitar Hero 3, Legends of Rock, and I also bought Super Mario Galaxy. Awesome. So, so how'd you find a Wii? Are they still hard to come by? Let's just say, have you ever heard the term catching lightning in a bottle? Let's Le say I had. Uh, well, I pretty much do that all the time, and it is far easier than finding a Nintendo Wii in the wild. Wow. So... I, so I, I bonus time at work, right? So we pretty much they gave us our bonuses, and I'm like, I'm gonna take some like of my pretty bonus. Much like they sort of gave you your bonus, but then they sort of didn't. <laughs> no, they, well they did. They actually did. You know, so so they gave us our bonuses, right? They they didn't sort of. They definitely did. And uh, so it, it's like we're <laughs> like anything. We're gonna reward you for all your hard work by giving you a pittance to make you think that we actually appreciate you. <laughs> Welcome to the corporate world. But anyway, so no, uh, I decided that I was going to buy an, buy something. And I said, you know what? I've wanted a Nintendo Wii. Because ever since, actually, when I came to visit you and you introduced me to Guitar Hero 2, I think it was, I'm like, this may be the most fun thing I've ever done. So, and I've been kind of like thinking about, oh, that'd be awesome. So I would, I would suggest there are probably more fun things to do. I think Guitar Hero isn't great, just the... I don't know that I'd call it the most fun. That's true. I am like an amateur baker. That is probably more fun than Guitar Hero. 
It's a, it's messier. better than being a master baker. We should probably move on. <laughs> yes, I'm trying to tell a story, and you're just being all potty humor. Thank you very much for, for ruining <laughs> the podcast again. All right, so I decided I was going to buy something, and I decided it was going to be a Nintendo Wii. So I'm like, oh, that's easy, because a while back, I decided I was going to buy a Nintendo Wii, and I could never find one. But I'm like, you know what? There's like a shortage. That's just the way it's supposed to be. So I went through, and one night after work, I like went over to, I don't know if I'm allowed to mention store names, but uh, we'll, we'll see. If, if I'm hauled off to prison after this, then uh, it's because I mentioned store names. So I went to Best Buy. Oh, they didn't have one. And then I went to Target. Then I went to Toys R Us. They weren't, you know, they n- nothing there. They were all empty. And I'm like, hmm, because like a while back, I like went into like, I think it was Best Buy and there was just like a big stack of them there. I'm like, oh, the shortage must be over because Nintendo increased production, blah, blah, blah. So then I decided the next day, I'm like, you know what? I want to find it. So then I went to Circuit City and I, and I went to GameStop and I can't, a bunch of other ones. And I'm like, you know what? This is like some sort of karma thing and I'm never going to find Nintendo Wii. So I've like decided I want one and I can't have one. So this is just kind of the way it's supposed to be. So I agree. That is how it should be. Yeah, it is. So I went over to my friend's house for, uh, uh, for dinner on uh, last Friday, not last Friday night, but the week before. And uh, we were actually going over to discuss their wedding because I'm performing their wedding this Saturday. So, and we got onto the topic. I said, yeah, I was looking for a Nintendo Wii and I couldn't find one. But so my friend and I, he and I were just kind of talking about something. And his girlfriend was like, you know what, Craig, we're going to find you a Nintendo Wii. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, right. So she got on the phone and then uh have then the uh the clouds in heaven parted and a, a beam of light coming straight from god's eyes landed directly on her and she was bestowed with the gift of the finding of the wee so you found the wee yes she called around to like 10 places and she got a tip from one of the walmarts that you might try this music store in town this like little independent music store and they didn't have one. But then there was another music store in another town closer to us. So she called that one. And they're like, oh, we just sold her last week 10 minutes ago. But you might want to try the one in town. So she called that. And they're like, yeah, we have like five. She's like, can I reserve one? They're like, you don't need to. We've had them for quite a while. Wow. And I know. I mean, what the hell? So we got in the car and drove into drove into town. It was actually Bull Moose Music. Like this little like kind of filthy hippie music store you know we're Wait, pretty was, much is that like one of the we commercials like we got into the car yeah we got into the car yeah no that wasn't one of the commercials that that would we actually Never mind. that would make yeah. actually people not buy the we any longer because they would think that it was corny but anyway so i got there and they had it so i picked up i'm like oh i'm just gonna you know i'm just gonna buy the we and guitar hero because it's awesome and then i'm like they're like, you know, we have some sort of rewards program, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, you know what? I'll, you know, I'll, I'll live large. So I'm like, give Super Mario Galaxy. And they're like, yes, we have one copy left. I'm like, I'll take it. So. Wow. You know how to like bust it out. Oh, I, I know. It's like pretty much it was like a wild merry-go-round existence. That's crazy. So, and I brought it home and then. Then I like felt horribly guilty about like having spent all this money on a video game system where I've always been this like person to complain about what a waste of time and money video games are. So then I didn't play it for a week. That was like, that's kind of like the dumb part of the story. I'm like, 
I'm just going to wait till I've done this project at work and till I've like done all this other stuff. Then after, then I was like, all right, I'm over that. Now I'm going to hook it up. And yeah, I was worried because you were Twittering at the time, like, oh, I'm going to give my Wii to charity. I know. I, I, I couldn't figure out what to do. And I was like, I could, I'm like, I almost sold it on eBay. I, I was like this close and I'm making like this close fingers. Uh, I'm like, I was this close to selling it on eBay. But you didn't. I did not. And it's wonderful. So I have to make, I have to say, just make a couple of comments about the Wii. Because I know that all of our listeners probably already have them, and I'm like way behind the times. So having this be like a, I'm going to tell you about this brand new video cam console that's called the Nintendo Wii, where it's been I out for years. this amazing thing. It's got motion control. Yes. So I, I got it, and like my friend and I actually hooked it up on his TV, and he was like, oh, you got to check out like the tennis and baseball. To be honest, I think that's kind of gimmicky, and everyone's like, that's the best part is the sports games. I've been using... That's tech demo of the Wiimote. Uh, yeah, I know. I don't think it's like really that fun. I mean, I guess it would be. it's all right, but... Actually, the fun thing is to play with someone who's making those huge spastic motions, and you just kind of lay on the couch and vaguely twitch. Yeah, exactly. Stop them. It's awesome. <laughs> I know. It's like it's like eh. So, but uh, but it 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 is cool. I, I found that the internet connection is actually like painfully slow. I, I know you have one. Do you, like find that like download speeds are like terrible and that sort of thing, or what? I've had spotty performance. I I tend to blame my network more than the oh. Wii itself. Oh well, it is wireless, so I mean that's good. So I mean it's it's livable, it's doable. I haven't had a problem, but you know the cool thing is all right. So with Guitar Hero, I, I couldn't figure out how to like use the Guitar Hero controller. I didn't, of course, read the book. And then I found out you put the Wii Mote directly inside of it. You like, which is pretty cool. And uh, I guess that's pretty much the end of that story. But so gu- Guitar Hero was really fun. I've already like I played it for two sittings, and I'm twenty songs into uh, medium level, so that's good. Uh, awesome. yeah, it, it's, it's really fun. It's very cathartic. Have you dueled with Slash yet? No, I dueled with Tom Morello and, you know, I've been pretty much, you know, you win songs. It's like, you rock. And like when I lost the duel, it says Tom Morello rocks. I'm like, oh, that's kind of, <laughs> that's kind of disappointing. I, I want to rock, but then so do uh, you rock? I, I rock now. Now I'm just like, uh, n- now I'm just like, you know, up to like stage five, which is like the European invasion or something like that. But then, so, but all right. So. Guitar Hero. Everyone's played Guitar Hero. It's old news. Super Mario Galaxy may be like the best video game that's ever been made. If you liked Super Mario 64... Or, do you have Super Mario Galaxy? I don't have Super Mario All Galaxy. Right. I haven't turned my Wii on since like January. Oh my god. S- Nintendo 64... Or Super Mario 64 has been touted as basically like the best Mario game ever. Super Mario I'm- 64. That was a while ago. It was. I mean, and because Super Mario Sunshine, everyone was like, eh, you know, whatever. Yeah, it's a big man. I actually bought Super Mario 64 uh, for my Wii. Yeah, it's very cool. And we'll talk about how you did that in like two seconds. But I just have to say that Super Mario 64, or uh, Super Mario Galaxy, is totally awesome. Like, the gameplay is even better, like, better control, better, like, you know, camera control, all that stuff, than better than Super Mario 64. Like, and it, the game is bigger, it's more challenging, and uh, it's just, uh, like, awesome. I mean, I just can't, you know, I can't tell you enough, like, how awesome it is. Like, the whole, like, gravity thing about how, like, it's all this, like, three-dimensional, you're walking around on planets, and uh, 
you know, where you, you're like, oh no, I'm going to walk off the edge when, in, you know, and fall into like space. But in fact, there's like gravity. So you like actually just like kind of walk around to the other side of the platform you're on, that sort of thing. Huh. It's awesome. It's, it's so I'm actually cool. surprised you didn't go for uh, Zelda. Uh, that will be next on the uh, repertoire. Uh, I, I, I'm definitely going to buy that. The general verdict about Zelda is if you liked Ocarina of Time, you'll, you'll love Twilight Princess. Really? I, I've, that's cool. I hear they're coming out with an like. There's another Zelda game in the oven, so to speak, in the proverbial oh. oven. So that'll be cool. But anyway, okay. So I just needed to tell you about like how awesome the Nintendo Wii is, and like I, I'm just like I'm giddy. I'm giddy That's like great. like a schoolgirl. Welcome to the 21st century gamer generation. Yeah, I know it's awesome. So when are you buying a 360? I'm I'm not, you know, because th- this will keep me going for a while. This this is just really cool. I, I just really like the control. Like the control just feels very organic to me, you know, very natural. It's the the fact that the, you know that you just this whole like Wiimote thing. I thought that it was going to be kind of weird because you know you have like kind of two controllers and part of it is like you have to like move the controller around. It, it's not. It just it just it feels like the way you should control video games. The games designed with it in mind are great. The games that you won't enjoy as much are the ones that are really for all the consoles and they kind of hack together Wiimote support. That's not as fun. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Well, but if you stick with party titles, you'll be great. Like Zelda and Mario. Yes. Uh, Mario Party is great. Boom Blocks is awesome. That's one of the more innovative games. Um, that's all about motion control. So it's great. Cool. And like uh, you joined us in the gaming I know. I, I it's you know, I, I have an N sixty four that I bought like nine years ago. So the other great thing about the Wii too is it's got backwards compatibility. So I actually hung on to a few of my uh, my GameCube games. Oh really? Play those right on right on your Wii. Um the biggest one for me is I got to keep my Mario uh, not Mario, Zelda sixty four emulated disc that you got by pre ordering Zelda for the GameCube. Oh, where you got like extra levels or something? Yeah, they have the original game, then they have what they call the Master Quest, where the dungeons are actually challenging. Yeah, and that seems, they need to like, seems like an awful lot of work to put into that, to just um, to sell it in such a limited amount. I'm Hopefully that will come out for the uh, Virtual Console. You know, I, I have bought a ton of Virtual Console games. So for people who don't know this, one of the big sales avenues for the Wii is that you purchase games online that are classic console games. Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Genesis, TurboGrafx-16, and Neo Geo games. Yep. And I've bought maybe a dozen. I've bought Met- Metroid 1, Metroid 2, uh, Super Mario, Super Mario 3, Super Mario World, Mario 64, Zelda, all the Zelda games. It's great. Cool. See, I wasn't as much allured by that because although I did initially go out and buy a virtual console, you know, classic controller, but I wasn't as much allured by that because one of our listeners actually at one point sent me a zip file with uh, emulate like ROMs for all Nintendo game, Nintendo like 8-bit games ever made. And wow, uh, I'm glad you're much happier stealing those games. Yes, well, I, I would go out to Walmart and purchase the cartridge, but uh, I couldn't find the titles that I wanted. <laughs> uh, but, however, you know, so what I did is I went and I actually, I, I but I'm like, you know what, I'm going to buy a couple of these games, whatever. So I went out and bought 20 or 2,000 Wii points, and I bought uh, Super Mario Brothers 3, which 
still maybe of the 2D game, 2D Mario games is like competitive for like best Mario game and one of like the best video games that just like totally blew Nintendo out of the water. Um, I think I'd give that to Super Mario World, but they're both great. Yeah, they have like kind of their for for the for the platform it was on Super Mario Brothers three was outstanding. Although the the fact that there was no save capability was just you know. But there is now. Yeah, yeah, which is great. Uh, And and then I also bought Metroid One, which is just like an awesome like spooky game. You know what I mean? It's just like it's just creepy. And then like you know what I mean? Because it's like you're in these caves and Justin Bailey. Justin Bailey. Uh, I definitely did not forget that. And then I bought Sonic the Hedgehog 3. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. It's kind of random. Yeah, I I like Sonic the Hedgehog. I think it's awesome. It's, uh, you know, it's it's just really fun. Although with Sonic the Hedgehog 3, it's like cool. I can't, you know, has like lots of new like weapons and stuff. The only thing is there's like this like little fox that follows you, follows you around. I'm not exactly sure like what the point is. And and I didn't miss else. Thank you very much. Tails, can you like do anything with him or does he just like walk around with you? Because right now all he is is like he gets lost sometime and he'll just kind of fly back. He follows you and he picks up rings sometimes. That's it? Yeah, pretty much. Oh. Um, but the other thing that you can get on the Wii 2 is WiiWare. Yeah, I don't know so anything about that. Those are actually original games for the Wii. Um, so those do those will make use of the Wiimote and stuff uh, and they're downloadable games. Is oh with like the strong bads, uh, video game for attractive people? Is that yes, beware? Exactly. Okay, I, I'm I'm debating getting that game too. <laughs> All right. So speaking of downloadable games, I know you don't have a 360, um, but there's a new awesome game out on Xbox Live Arcade. It's called Braid. Uh, this is kind of the first really unique game to come out in a while. So it's it looks like a platformer. Yeah. But it's really a puzzle game. And the way it works is you have these platform levels, um, and this is really, it's got a neat art style, it's got a really good soundtrack, um, but what you're trying to do is pick up puzzle pieces that are scattered throughout the level, Yeah. and your, your special ability that makes the game unique is when you hold a button, you rewind time. Really? And, and that gets really interesting in that some items in the world have a green kind of glow to them, and they're not affected by what you do. So when you rewind time, they stay however they are. So one example like that is you jump into this deep pit from which you can't get out and you grab a glowing key and then you rewind time. And since the key isn't affected by rewinding time, it stays with you instead of going back to where it used to be. So Ah. all your puzzles are kind of inside out and you often have to go like several levels past the puzzle you're actually on get some new stuff, go back, and then start manipulating time and solve things. Which It's really neat. It's a, it's a mind-bender. That sounds very cool. It sounds like, uh, you know, something definitely novel to the video game world. It's the, it's the first really unique game uh, in a while. Uh, and unfortunately, it's only on the 360. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it made its way to other platforms sooner or later. Well, and so what is that called? Braid or raid? Braid. Like braiding Are, someone's hair. Braid. Do you actually braid someone's hair in that? Is that like the last boss? Is like a woman with really long hair and you have to like... And she's like, I can't do anything with it. And then you have to rewind time so that it like is a uh, manageable length. Yeah, I haven't gotten there yet. Okay. If that's what it's all about, I want to know. 
I'll, I'll make sure to tell you. Okay, great. So, well, that's that's cool. So, with any other any other while we're on the topic, any other news from the world of video games? Um, no good news. Uh, one one piece of news that broke last week, and this is a really kind of a sad story. Um, NCSoft in Austin, who did the online game Tabula Rasa, among others. Yeah, you know what that um, means? Uh, blank slate. Yes. Um, so the game hasn't done all that well. Um, it's oh. kind of an open. It was like five years in development, untold millions of dollars, and then it just didn't launch very well. Oh. Um, so NCSoft, kind of with that and a few other not non-stellar games uh closed their austin studios oh and the worst part is rumors started to get around and they were going to close it on friday um austin used to be a really hot spot for the video game industry and it's now kind of hurting so be interesting to see uh if a new studio moves into that area or if people end up having to relocate it's kind of sad well all you tweaking geek listeners go out and support your austin game developers and buy games made by with Bioware. with yes exactly or i was just gonna say any game with the the made in austin seal of approval on it <laughs> yeah um bioware still going pretty strong they're working on a star wars online game star wars galaxies no it's uh i don't think it has a name yet but they're working on a new star wars game it's probably going to be knights of the old republic so it's going to be called star wars Knights of the Old Republic. No, did, no, did, you didn't get that. So you don't. It doesn't have a name. It's going to be called Star Wars. Oh, that was really funny. That was I'm sorry. Okay. So that brings us pretty well to uh, our our next topic, which is job hunting. Um. So, what what did you have to say on that? Job hunting. Well, the reason I wanted to talk about this. Is because, is because you hate no, because Craig's boss is listening right now. I heard that you're actually getting fired, so I wanted to help you out about finding a new job. Oh, okay, great. Thanks. No, well, what, what I was thinking about, I just you know how things go, and I'm just when, and it kind of occurred to me, you know, like when do people decide to go to new jobs? You know, because in, here in the tech industry, generally, we'll kind of work on the assumption that we're somewhat portable. We, there are there are good jobs out there. If you're good at what you do, then it like good help is really hard to find. So if you are willing to work, you're generally going to be able to find a, a fairly decent job. Can we agree on that? We can. Okay, you're wrong. Um, so you you just agreed <laughs> with a liar. No. Um. So, I, just what are some of the issues concerning like the barriers to entry at like to getting good jobs like when is when is when do you know it's time to leave and how like what are like the kind of some of the main barriers standing between someone with you know with our kind of background and a decent job new job um well i can say i found it a good time to move on when my employer told me i had to leave so the restraining order had uh, finally kicked in um, I think it's time to leave a job when it's almost hard to describe. You know when it's time to leave a job. When you wake up every morning and the only thing you can think of is how little you want to go to work, then you've ended up in the wrong place. 
or the or the place is changing around. Yeah, I was gonna say, do you think sometimes that like what maybe is like the best job in the world can just like sometimes even fairly quickly just totally transform around you? Absolutely. I mean, things change, right? You never know what's going to happen. Your company grows, your company shrinks, it gets bought, sold. You just go after a different market. It gets it's, it's kind of hard to bought, sold, or processed. Folded, spindled, and mutilated. Yes, that's that that happens quite uh, quite frequently, we'll say. Another thing that can happen, especially in computers, is you get pigeonholed, right? You get really good at something, and suddenly you're too valuable to let slide out of that role. And so now you end up stuck at your own company, and you're doing well there, but you know you're not growing. You know, and you, you don't want to get stuck if things go badly in the economy, you know, with unmarketable old skills. Yeah, and we talked about this a couple of episodes ago, too, with our, uh, you know, top 10 list of things that makes you lose good help, you know, makes you lose your, your, uh, whatever, your, your, your intel, your top tech. yeah, your top tech people. And, uh, part of that was, uh, you know, not allowing them to kind of move into newer technologies and, uh, being, a, you know, so it makes you fear for your career. Right. So, uh, so we kind of know what makes it time to leave, but so when you're, when it's time to look for a new job, you know, we all kind of know the typical, you know, how do you how do you find a job? You know you you've kind of you know you have contacts in the industry that you can con- you know get in touch with. Uh, uh, there's there's a lot of job hunting sites. There's headhunters. What are some of the things that can like keep you from finding good jobs? We know what can help you find good jobs. But what are the, some of the things that we might be able to help people with who are thinking about looking for new jobs in tech? What are some of the things that you can avoid that would kind of prevent you? Sure, and I'm I'm going to disclaim this by saying I actually have been involved in the hiring process in the past. Um, I've screened resumes and things like that. Have you? Yes, I have. Okay, so we're both talking. We've both been on both sides of the table. Yep. That, that I think that's kind of important to be clear about. Um, I mean, the first thing that you can do wrong is a bad resume or a bad cover letter. And I can't tell you how many awful resumes I've seen where you know it's either a mishmash of buzzwords um or there's a there's a cover letter that really is clearly totally generic they, they haven't investigated you know my company at all right um which leads me to think they're not you know they're just looking for a job and they're not looking for this job um obviously don't have typos on your resume don't have mistakes on your resume um because this is your first impression that you're going to make i find it really Poorly. Yeah, and I find overly technical jargon, where like kind of industry, spe- not industry specific, more like company specific jargon. You know, like you know, I successfully wrote reports using the MKG reporting system, and it's like, okay, I've never heard of that, and it's like, right. what's that? Oh, it's it's uh, in-house reporting system that we have. Okay, and all the same, I've seen the opposite too, where right where they're like supported report system. Yeah. Um, I mean, what I want to see on a resume is I I want to get a feeling that you were individually a contributor to whatever projects that you're listing, right? Yes. Because, you, you know, you can be a team member who's kind of on the periphery or you can be really in, in the thick of it. And I think a lot of people um, have the sense you need to be so specific that it means nothing or they get so general that I, I end up with the impression that, geez, maybe this person didn't really contribute that much. 
And I think that's, you know, that's a barrier that a lot of people don't get past. Right? Yeah. And some of the wording that you use too can, can, uh, kind of provide this, uh, whatever, um, this, I, I can't even think of the word, but like, I call them like action words where a lot of times you'll see people who don't want to like kind of overstate what they did because they don't want to, you know, people don't want to be dishonest on their resume. They use a lot of things they said assisted, aided, participated in, uh, you know, contributed to, you know, whereas that's fine. But the fact of the matter is on your resume, you need to take some credit for some stuff. You know, I implemented or I uh, converted or whatever, you know, stuff like that where, you know, like kind of these like kind of purr words versus growl words. So you got to use the growl oh. words, you know? Absolutely. Um, I've got my resume up right now. And this resume got me hired for a new job just this year. Um, and I used words like, uh, in fact, I boldface my action verbs. Oh, that's a good idea. At the beginning of sentences. Um, so I had installed, assisted, customized, administered. Administered's uh, a good one, yeah. Gathered and analyzed requirements, very big in computers. Um, project managed. I mean, don't mince words. Say what you did. Make sure you did what you say. Yeah, and be prepared to talk about it, too, because th there's some people out there who say that, you know what, the resume just gets you in the door and nobody looks at it. I don't think that's true, because a lot of the time, that's all you have to go on, you know? It's, it is true. Um, two questions that I find people failed on uh, with me quite often. Um, one was, I was specifically looking for .NET programmers, and I'd say, pick any class in the .NET library and tell me something about it. Describe a function that you've used. And I mean, I was like, give me something from string, you know, string dot replace. And that, that would have been plenty. Yeah. Um, and you'd be surprised how often people fail. Just a simple question like that. What do they say? Like nothing? Uh, they mentioned maybe a class, but they can't really spit out any of its functions or properties or anything. Or why would you use that class? Um, another question I'd ask often is, well, pick, pick one project and tell me specifically about a task you did on the project that you think went well. You know, and, and people will answer in generalities, which you know, again brings us back to saying, "Well, gee, what? How much of a contributor were you to the project?" Yeah, I think that sounds right. Uh, I I've, I find that the questions that people fail on that I ask, uh, like I, I'm really big into problem solving. You know, I I can't stand someone who like basically at the first sign of trouble throws up their hands, so you know, throws up their arms. So I like to ask like really difficult questions. And, you know, just to, because not, you know, not that there will ever be an answer, you know, like stuff like, you know, kind of like fairly complicated database questions or, you know, or something that would require like a really advanced programming technique or just a really hard problem. And I don't want them to give me a great answer because that's not what I'm thinking about. It's like, what is the process you use? You know, tell me like how you go about solving this problem. And, you know... Generally, it's you get either oh gee I really don't know or you know like some like really half-assed attempt to you know just kind of like spit out some you know enough words that they think that you know they've kind of like given you your fill and you just kind of accept it and they move on. So right now things I don't I don't do an interview and I've I've had to do before but I'm not a fan of. Um, I don't ask logic problems right because that's going to test more. Do you already happen to know this one specific problem? Yes. Um, and I tend not to ask for code. Yeah, I think that's um, reasonable. 
I mean, I'm a lot more concerned because I don't. I don't think you have to write code. I'll know long before that if you if you're serious about your experience. Yeah, you know the the one of the real the reality of the thing is is that what we all like to think is that you know that people writing code is per you know it's like everything should be perfect. But the fact of the matter is, people like the code that people write is generally like worse than they think it is. You know, so yeah. So that especially yours. My, my, mine is terrible. You know, that, that that's a thing. I'm like, I like to think I'm a good programmer. Like my programming is my code is terrible. You know, I mean, I think it's all right, but you know, it's just, you know, I know I have so much to learn. You know, that type of thing. So and one one last thing that I think a lot of people, especially in the technical industry, kind of underestimate. You know, I I don't want to perpetuate bad stereotypes, but um, I think it's fair to say a lot of a lot of geeks probably a little bit lacking on the social side. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think one thing that people underestimate is the importance of team fit. Right? Yes. You're, you're not being evaluated solely on your technical ability. One thing that your interviewer is trying to determine is, will this person be a personality match with my team you know, and get along with everyone? Because a bad fit is going to be negative productivity for your team. They, not only will they not be productive, they'll probably make your team worse than before they started. Yeah, and you, yeah, you could have a bunch of mediocre people on a great team, or a bunch of great people on a sucky team, and you're really not gonna see a whole lot of difference. I, one of the questions I was asked at the interview for the job I have now that seemed totally inconsequential was actually a key question. What was that? Um, and it had, I can't give it away. Oh, come on, come on, come on. All right, I had to. Uh, I was at lunch and I was asked, pirates or ninjas? And my answer wasn't the important part. The important part on seeing the team fit was how I how I approached the question. How did you approach the question? I, I'm actually curious. Serious question. Uh, oh, you did? Well, yeah. so that's and it, pirates. I mean, it's, it, it's an easy question. Well, ni pirates. ninjas actually, but oh, go on. Okay, and but the whole point was to see how I responded to that question. Because if, you know, if I got flustered, if I refused to answer it, something like that, it would have been an indication that I probably wasn't going to fit in on the team. Yeah. Well, I agree. And I, I like, and kind of on a last note for me, if you're, when you're interviewing, you know, a lot of times people will, I think phone skills are actually really important. You know, people may, you know, you may have good written skills and good face-to-face -face skills. I think phone skills are important because I have, on many occasions, like, had very good, like, email conversations with people, you know, in terms of, you know, getting information, and face-to-face -face interview is fine. And then you call them up to, like, for additional information, and they're, like, totally rude on the phone. And, you know, rude or inattentive. And it's like, you know what? Part of working is, like, talking to clients and customers on the phone. So that is very important in my, in my mind. So phone skills. Oh, I'm sorry, were you saying something I wasn't really... <laughs> Yeah, we're on Skype. We're not on the phone, so it doesn't matter. Oh, I tried. All right, Pat. I'm going to encourage us to keep a promise that we made. Um, What was that? Last time, we said that we were going to get Stargate Continuum and watch it and talk about it on the next podcast. Well, the next podcast is here. It is now. So did you watch it? I did. Did you? I did. Hey, by the way, did you know there's a Stargate animated series? 
I did. It's like Stargate something or other. Infinity or something. It yeah. didn't look good, so I didn't buy it. But I did pick up Continue. Yeah, that was very fascinating. Thank you for telling us that. Did you hear there's this, this new Stargate animated series? It didn't look good, so I didn't buy it. <laughs> but thank you. Wow, okay. So if if only every- I could travel back in time and make it so that I never said that. <laughs> hmm. But no, I'm sorry. Stargate Infinity is actually glowing green, so it would be unaffected by your time traveling. Oh, that's true. No, uh, no braid tactics here. All right. So I would like to put a disclaimer up right now. Okay. Okay. So there may be spoilers. What we're going spoilers to spoilers are awesome. I totally want to talk spoilers. And I don't mean spoilers being like mold spores that are landing on your food, making it go bad soon. I mean, I'm going to tell you how the goddamn movie ends. Wow. I want to talk about the ending. So, yeah, if you're you're going to watch Stargate Continuum, thanks for listening. You should probably stop now. Yeah. Thank you, and talk to you soon. Okay, all all the the lame people are gone. If you don't like Stargate, you should listen to this anyway, because basically we're entertaining, and we could talk about cheese, and you'd find us really awesome. So, Hey, did you know there are holes in Swiss? That's awesome. (laughs) okay all right so all right pat you're like busting at the seams uh, with stargate continuum so we have to we have to summarize right right there were two plot threads at the end of the tv series those were the ori who are these super powerful partially transcended beings and that was the last movie the arc of truth where they defeated the ori and the replicators whose source code was javascript from the royal bank of canada that's right and, and, we, and we found out that the, the mantle of the Ori was held by a professional prostitute. Yes. Fireflies, S- people will know what I'm talking about. Exactly. So, um, this is the other last movie. And they haven't said SG-1 is gone, but at this point, they have wrapped up the SG-1 storyline completely. Yes. So, the last remaining plot thread was Ball the evil Gwauld system lord who had cloned himself leading to the Lot of Balls episode, which I swear was <laughs> a setup for that one line. Yeah, the, the whole series pretty much like hit a peak right then. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, SG-1 goes off to witness Ball's execution. Finally, it's all done. Only right as it's happening, things go weird. People start disappearing, and it turns out Ball has escaped backwards in time and sabotaged the Stargate project from the beginning. So there was no SGC, there was no Stargate, and they appear in this alternate universe, basically. Did I I get that? Yeah, basically. And it it starts out, like, up in, like, pretty much near the North Pole, and, you know, it's cool. It's... A very well done time travel thing episode. The only thing, you know, I would have to say my only thing would be is like, like kind of basically the space time or the timeline is changing around them. But like, instead of like kind of this kind of fluid change, which you'd expect, like people just kind of disappear and they're like, oh, where did Vala go? You know, well, it's like, you, you know, you never would have known her, but you know, it's just kind of like, we'll just say that it was a wormhole effect. So, um, I'm not going to give away too much. I want to talk about the ending, so I'm going to tell you how it ends, which is, of course, SG-1 saves the day. Um, yep. And I'll, I'm going to leave most of the details out, but I want to talk about the very ending, unless you have anything else to go through. I mean, it's it's good quality. If it had been a two-part episode, I would have been amazed. Um, it's worth the purchase if you're a Stargate fan, in yeah. my opinion. 
Yeah, so. it's it's way better than the Ark of Truth, and I like the Ark of Truth, but this is like way better. And all right, the only thing during the movie that I need to talk about is the fact that uh, when General Landry starts yelling at everybody, and I just he's always been like this like kind of very jovial person, and he went and he just like got pissed and like yelled at them. That just made me happy. I thought that was awesome. That, right, Stargate is the worst military ever because <laughs> they'll be like, "Oh, you completely violated orders," but you know what? Gosh darn it, everything turned out okay. Yeah. You know, and this alternate reality had the military where they're like, shut up, you're in the military, and you're going to do what I say because that's an order, biatch. Exactly. It, it, that was kind of nice to see, finally. Biatch um, is a military term. It is. Uh, biatch, sir. Yes. So um, that was great. and It's good. It's actually really bleak, and they say things like shit and fuck. Actually, they didn't say that. They did say shit, though. I think they said they definitely dropped an F-bomb. Did they? I, I don't, really? Who? Um, Cam, when they're flying the jets and they get shot at and one of the jets explodes. I'm going to have to watch we, that again because I did yeah, not. We rewound it like four times and we're like, he, he definitely dropped an F-bomb. No way. Oh, that, I, oh my god, we're going to get an explicit rating. It's horrible. I, 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 may, I, I may beep you out. Don't beat me out no not yeah. I, no it, basically it will be like beep f-bomb beep so that, <laughs> i'm gonna bleep out everything you've said because then this will be at least partially listenable <laughs> so um ball has an awesome moment right where he has like an entire scene where he's impaled oh yeah with the uh with the thing yeah so that was pretty cool um oh you mean oh, oh uh, when katesh impales him Katesh impales him, and he gets to like have like a five. Like it, it's actually cringeworthy because it's like five minutes long as he talks while he has a sword sticking out of him. Yeah, and people are coming into the room like, "What do you want me to do now?" He's like, "Oh, whatever you want, just uh, leave us alone." I have to say, it's like, whole, oh, ham on Swiss with extra mustard, please. <laughs> yeah, what the hell is an aluminum falcon? <laughs> you know. <laughs> no, uh, I I would have to say when with ball there like kind of how he was running things you almost liked him it's like wow he like just like you know the whole like point was that he like knew like everybody like what everybody wanted and he was able to like kind of just play everything and it it was just like you kind of like this guy you know you know what for a gold he's like you know it's like that's what you know he was like not just like let's blow everything up he's like let's manipulate everything it's like i respect that and it was a good swan song, too, right? Because you had Apophis back, you had Henry Hayes back, you had um, MacGyver make an appearance. I mean, General of, uh, General General Hammond, who, by the way, died two yeah, weeks ago. That's sad. That's sad. Um, he's also a big character in Twin Peaks, so you should watch that in his oh. Um So I want to talk about the very end. I'm talking about the very end. Okay, so at the very end, of course... Um, Cam Mitchell goes back in time to 10 years before Ball jumped back and messed things up. So you get the impression he like laid low for 10 years and then saves the day by capping Ball at the critical moment, right? Right. And so then you go back to the future and none of the bad stuff ever happened. Right. They stopped Ball in the past, which is great. And so they handle the paradox thing by saying, you know, you get this little shot at the end of uh, Cameron Mitchell and Ben Browder clearly playing Cameron Mitchell's grandfather in yep. the same shot. And so this gives me a problem, right? Up until there, it was good. 
So, okay, maybe Cam, even though this would be totally out of character for him, was smart and stayed out of the way and didn't cause any paradox problems. Except for hanging out with his grandfather when he looked identical to him, <laughs> right? Which kind of stand out in my mind. Yeah. Um, so they just sort of, and happy ending, yay! So uh, that one part didn't work, right? All the rest of it was good in that one part. I'm just like, but it's not like Cam to be quiet and live out his life anyway. Clearly he stayed, right? Because they show that picture, which must have been later. So it's not like he disappeared as soon as he killed Ball and they just left the paradox. Right. You know, so all I can picture is Cam Mitchell like running around as a senile old coot in the 50s being like, eh, we have a Stargate and we travel to alien planets. No, it wasn't even the 50s. It would have been he would he could potentially, you know, he's what, about 40 years old. And that was in like 1940. He could have lived up to like the 80s or 90s. That's true. Because so, this happened like right before World War II. So yeah, I mean, I'm not saying Stargate is a paragon of science, but they're usually pretty good, except that one bit just didn't really ring for me. Well, I just have to tell you, all right, so like along those lines, that was very Lost, like like the show Lost, where everybody, like all the characters have like these weird connections. It's like, just coincidentally, Cam Mitchell's grandfather happened to be the captain of the boat carrying the Stargate across from Egypt. That's like yeah, that was, that pretty convenient. Kind of yeah, it was pretty well, convenient. Not convenience theater. Here on the SS Deus Ex Machina. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, stop, you're killing me. <laughs> but it was good, right? Now that I've said all that, it was actually it was a great ending to the series. I was a little sad when it was done, right? Because I'm like, oh, now it's really over. Oh, there don't be sad because Stargate universe is like I'm not sure if it's in production. I think it's in like pre-production or in script writing or something. They didn't uh, come out and say it at Comic Con, but they broadly hinted that universes had been greenlighted. Yeah, I mean it, it's like they're it's pretty much a sure thing now, and because they like they even have like what the plot is and everything. So and Atlantis is totally awesome. Yeah, it's all right. I'm enjoying this season. So it was. Um, oh my god! Did you, did you watch this week's? Yeah, I did. I did. That so, was. Great quote from Comic-Con. Uh, of course, someone asked, so hey, what happened to the actress who played Elizabeth Weir? Um, and of course, Dr. Weir was last on the Lost City episode. Right. And you know, obviously, it was some kind of contractual wrangling that ended that, so they can't talk about that. It's so like, um, she was lost in a city. <laughs> it was kind of funny. Yeah, well, no, well yeah, and that she was like... Uh, well, this this week's episode where, you know, like, they're like, she's, like, not going to be on the show anymore. But, like, at the very end when they blew up the replicator planet, she's like, now we can get to work. And it's like, you know, which is like, oh, we're going to have her. And so, but they had to, like, clear that up. So they're like, oh, she kind of, like, robot ascended into subspace. So yeah. now we can put her into a different body and still have her be Elizabeth Weir. Exactly. And it was no hokier than, like, Doctor Who being a different actor every season. Exactly. No, it was fine. It, it, I thought it was very skillfully done, and I think that was probably one of the uh, episodes that I've in, I've enjoyed that episode more than many of their episodes lately. So it was good. It's not one of those ones where like, oh look, two characters that might have conflict are trapped in a closed-in area. <laughs> I heard a rumor that's because they actually ran out of money, and so they had to do an episode with as few sets as possible. Oh well, that's the way to do it. They need to not run out of money. Yeah, I think they're fine now. So um, I think that's All right. it. All right, so that's right, enough I, I need Stargate. It's, I just need to say something now. No more spoilers after this point. 
if there are any spoilers, then we cannot be responsible for them. Okay, I just needed to warn our audience that they can start listening again. Okay, hey, Rosebud is a sled. <gasps> okay, oh. now there's no more spoilers. Now we mean it. No more spoilers. And Tyler Durden is people! <laughs> All right. And no more Tweaking Geek number 11. I say this is the end. Okay. Yeah, this is... No, I think this is the end, definitely. Because basically I'm tired of listening to you, and it's midnight. And the sneak ending is, Craig is actually a Sasquatch. In a gr- and by Sasquatch, you mean a rubber gorilla suit? Exactly. That is exactly what I am. No, so, well, it sounds like, Pat, we're wrapping up. This is a good episode, and I think we need to we need to make one comment that uh, that our evil, wicked listeners are not calling our Grand Central number at 678 678- Nine 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 six three two one. Maybe by calling it our Grand Central number, it confuses people because I know how easily people are confused. So it's our phone, our telephone, our voicemail. Yeah. Yeah. So you pick up and you say, "Martha, get me Klondike six seven eight nine 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 six three two one." And if you can't operate one of those newfangled phone thingies, you can email us at pg at tweakandgeek.com. and make sure to visit our website at www.tweakinggeek.com slash podcast. All right, bye now. Yeah, bye. Ciao. Ciao. (laughs) Ciao. Adios, amigos. I don't know any other languages. Adieu. Exit zero. Or return return zero. No, assert one equals two. Oh, we crashed Tweak and Geek. Okay. Stop. Oh, fucking A. I hate that. Ah, This is one of those things where it it totally pisses me off because now I... Hello? Oh, Pat? Yeah, you dropped out. Sorry, no, I hit the mute button accidentally.